Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 66 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This is with director, actor, producer, all-around jack-of-all-trades, Jack McCafferty. I met Jack at the Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival out here in Hollywood, California. So yeah, he is a very young guy right out of college, and he decided to start making some films, and... He's getting some recognition for him. So, you know me, I'm a big fan of content creators and independent creators. And Jack was just a really fun guy to talk to. We also came up with the greatest remake of all time. So I hope you're excited for that. And of course, we will include links to all of his work in the show notes. So hopefully you can either catch him at a film festival or catch it online once it's released to the public. Other than that, Dumbbells and Dragons Podcast is a proud member of the Almost Better Podcast Network, and we are powered by Pinecast. Workout nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Here we are again, Dragons, for another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am your host, Kenny Rotter, and today I am joined by writer, director, actor, and owner of possibly the best business card I have ever received, (laughs) Jack McCafferty. Jack, how are you doing, man? I am doing so well, Kenny. How about you? (laughs) I I am wonderful. It is... A beautiful Wednesday evening here in Southern California. The weather is actually not too hot, which is extremely nice. Oh, so well, oh, go ahead. I've got a weird day for Philly. Um, it's like one of those days where it's hot and then really cold and then really hot. It's it's one of the days you don't know what to wear. <laughs> that so I I was talking to some friends. I'm originally from Phoenix, mm-hmm. and yesterday it snowed in Flagstaff. And then Mm -hmm. two hours south in Phoenix, it was 108 degrees. Yeah, that's insane. That I don't – I could never process that. (laughs) Dude, that's – the world is ending. Something needs to happen. Yeah, but you know, some people – that's fine. That's normal. No. (laughs) Dude, that's a rock movie waiting to happen. And by rock, I mean Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah, hands down. He has to fight the weather himself, and he's The Rock, so he can do it. Well, yeah. The Rock (laughs) created Chuck Norris. He was in a movie about, like, the Tooth Fairy, and the entire time I'm still like, yeah, but he's still badass as the Tooth Fairy. Like, he's still amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of his first ever movies that was great. Actually, one of his. If I had to marry a man, it would be The Rock. And I would never call him Dwayne. It would always just be The Rock. If <laughs> if I had to marry a man, it would be like The Rock's bicep. Oh, yeah. It's like the size <laughs> of my chest. Like, it's insane. <laughs> and, um, so wh- have you ever seen the movie Be Cool? I can't say I have. Okay. He plays the most badass homosexual bodyguard. And he is so brilliant, and the role is phenomenal. And this is, I think it was when he was still going by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. 
Now and, he's trying the Dwayne Johnson thing. It's not going to work. It's, well, it's, he's The Rock. <laughs> well, it's because WWE owns The Rock. So if he's ever in a movie as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he owes them money. Wait, really? That's the reason? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like he was trying to be more like serious about it. No, no. it's it's a money thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. That totally makes sense. And real quick before we before we actually talk about your movie, <laughs> no, let's just do the entire thing on the rock, just, <laughs> just worshiping could. him. We easily could. I just really need to see a remake of The Rock starring The Rock. Oh yes, that that would be as meta as you can get. Just <laughs> and that's that is one Michael Bay movie that I would think I would actually enjoy. Oh yeah, with an all rock. Uh, like musical score, just dun, 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 dun. Oh, just yeah. as much rock as you can put into a movie. And you know, I just want to make it a one man show where the rock plays every part. He's so char- charismatic. He could do it. He could do it. Or, or it's, it's, it's a regular movie, but instead of an FBI agent, Nick Cage's character he plays himself. So it's The Rock as The Rock in The Rock. I I I hate to like, you know, count my chickens before they hatch, but that movie would rock. <laughs> All right. That's the stupidest <laughs> joke. <laughs> um as a 32-year-old man who loves dad jokes, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. Oh, I thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no. Um so, let, first, how did you get started just down this path? Because you're a fairly young individual. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, <laughs> it all started because I wasn't good at anything in school. Um, <laughs> I think that's the, for most people, that's usually how it goes. Like, I, I wasn't athletic ever in my life. Uh I got good grades, but I the whole studying thing to like become like a really smart person just never interested me. And I think it was like in middle school I started writing raps with my friend, just making fun of things. Uh, this actually cost me being in accelerated like math and uh, language arts because I would write them during class and not pay attention. So by the time the test came around, I was like, ah, but I wrote a bunch of jokes about math, <laughs> and that just would not fly on the test. So I essentially just kept doing it and I would get in detention and stuff for all these jokes I would say. And my teachers would go up to me and like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. I think I could make this a, for a living. And then I got to college and I ended up getting a scholarship because I started a sketch comedy show um, at the school. And the dean of the university really liked the one sketch, which was just a really long dick joke. And he gave me a, like the like the most prestigious scholarship at my university so I can continue to make these dick jokes, which is the only reason I could afford to go to the school I went to. So I just wanted to get like a time machine, go back to me in middle school and be like, just keep doing what you're doing, kid. This <laughs> this will all work out. They're wrong. This is totally the path to go on. <laughs> you got paid to write dick jokes. To write dick jokes. And not only did I get paid to write dick jokes, like I got like all of a sudden I was with in these fancy dinners with all these really rich people who gave all this money to the school. And then I would be the guy who gave the speech to all the 
trustees of the the university and I was the guy to convince them to give money and my speeches were usually like hey I'm really bad at school but they let me write jokes here so please give them money and it, they would it was amazing it was great <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's excellent that's that actually reminds me of the time me and a buddy convinced our university to let us student teach a class on comic books. Really? To which they gave us a stipend to do research. Wait, you got paid to do your hobby? Yeah. I That's got, awesome. <laughs> me and a buddy got paid to go buy comic books. Oh, that's amazing. See, it, <laughs> it was like, like, first of all, if there's a kid out there listening who just doesn't know how they're going to pay for stuff, convince a, like a million dollar university to just buy you it. Oh, hands down. Yes. Because they they want to like as much as they love like the students that go on to like cure cancer and all that. They also want the fun things that they can put in, like, the newsletter to send out to people and be like, but we also have a fun side. So oh. be that fun side. Oh, yeah. They were putting my this class in the brochures for, like, I think they're still in there, even though nobody's teaching it because I graduated 10 years ago. <laughs> Same, the the <laughs> show I started is still going on today, even though I graduated last year. Dude, that's like, awesome. Congrats. Oh, well, congrats to you as well. Oh, yes. Aren't we something? Yeah, legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, but, okay, so in this vein, I had a friend. She had started school a year before me, and mm -hmm. she graduated a year after me. So she she did the six-year plan. That's a lot of school. But here's the thing. This was back when our school gave tuition waivers. So no matter what tuition was, it was 100% covered. Ooh. So she... And they they tell you that it's an eight semester, yeah, an eight semester cap, but you can always apply for extensions. So she spent, I want to say three and a half of those six years doing various study abroads that were all covered by the tuition waiver. Oh, that's that's so awesome. Like like this girl traveled the world on it was a public university state taxpayer dime. The like, fact that she worked that out is amazing. That's cool. Well, no, <laughs> and, and and don't get me wrong, like I know people are like, "Oh, she just traveled blah 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 blah." I was like, "No, she was in school, she was studying, she just happened to do it all over the world." And she, I think right now she's actually back working for the university in some sort of like mm -hmm. super amazing important position yeah well see i'm almost on the boat of the whole life experience thing is almost is a lot more important to me in my opinion uh than some of the classes i had to take oh so absolutely. for her going out doing that i'm like i bet you learned a lot more than i learned in my venice 101 class that i had to take and didn't want to and was just like in the back sleeping like oh no, I can guarantee you, like, I I don't think I've used over half the classes I took in in undergrad. Yeah. I mean, for me, the most, 
the best thing that came out of my school besides like the work that I got to make and just the fact that they let me make the work I got to make uh, was I was in a co-op program. Also, my school is Drexel University. I think I should shout them out and be like <laughs> Drexel's fun. They let me do amazing things. Uh, but they have a co-op program, which is essentially they kick you out of school and say, go get a job for six months, nine months for me, because uh, there was also a summer program that I was a part of. But uh, and for this program, I went out to Los Angeles and worked at the Groundlings Theater for nine months. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. So that like uh, they offered me a job if I stayed. Unfortunately, I had to go back to college and, you know, finish and all that. Hopefully I'll go back out soon. I don't know yet. But uh, the Groundlings was one of like for a comedy nerd. It was amazing to be like working there for that long, just like going into and seeing all the faces on the wall and being like, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of the comedy like uh, underground or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the well, it's, it's it's very much the L.A. comedy training grounds. Oh, it's like boot camp. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen <laughs> uh, it's also really rough if anyone's looking to go into. It. I've seen grown men cry like so many times just from working there because it's rough man <laughs> like well, no that doesn't surprise me because when you when you ask kids what do you want to be like they all answer football player actor actress oh yeah you know something something celebrity-esque and less than one percent end up making it in terms mm -hmm. of like Brad Pitt, George Clooney level. Even let's say just a uh, making a living level, which I, I know people who have, you probably know people who have just like, just being able to make a sustainable living off of being an actor or whatever is really difficult. And uh, it's one of those things where unfortunately people go for it. And so, uh, a good majority of them just don't have talent and it's kind of sad, but like a place like the groundlings weeds some people out like that. And it's kind of heartbreaking to watch them realize sometimes not to be, not to be a jerk. Like, Oh, I have so much talent. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Right? No, I I'm totally picking up what you're laying down and it's cool. It's... I didn't want to sound like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't get me wrong. When I was growing up, I, no, that's, I don't whatever. I enjoyed playing, you know, football in PE. Mm-hmm. But, and there was a time where I was like, oh, maybe I'll go for the football team. And then I was like, dude, you are like under 100 pounds and you are like 4'11". You are not a football player. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, let's, let's do something else then. So, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I think that... It's not all just natural talent. Like if you put in the work, if you put in the time, oh, no. if you put in the effort, you can you can make it. But there is, you know, you're not going to turn into LeBron James with hard work alone. You need some genetics. You need some talent. Well, I think also a lot of the people think that it will just happen for them. Uh, just even from the stuff I do, I say what I'm doing and people go, that was my dream and it just never happened for me. And I'm like, well, did you work at it? Did you actually go to like the auditions? Did you take the classes or really just force yourself to do it? Because uh, that uh, I see like so many writers who just don't write anything and stuff like that. And like, oh, I wanted to make a movie. Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you at least try? 
this is so crazy because I was having a conversation with somebody. It's it's going to be, I think, on the podcast a couple weeks before this. But it's mm-hmm. I have met so many people in L.A. that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a writer. Oh, what have you written? Well, nothing. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, do you mean nothing that's gotten made or you just haven't written anything? And they're like, oh, no, I just haven't written anything. And I was yep. like, like, I consider myself a reader. And that's because <laughs> every night I pick up a book and I read it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a thing where it's like everyone has the ability to pick up a pen and paper and start writing. And I'm going old school because I'm assuming that you don't have access to a computer. And that's a big assumption because everybody has a yeah. computer or everyone can get or almost everyone can get to a public library. How are you listening to this if you don't is another question. But, well, you know, <laughs> obviously this is a they, podcast. <laughs> they knew somebody who transcribed it for them. They are reading the podcast, hopefully with the right inflections as to totally understand our verbiage. <laughs> yes, that would be wonderful if someone could do that. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, but see, here you are, you're what, one year out of school? Yep, graduated last year. Congratulations. Thank you, you very much. You're very welcome. You've <laughs> made a film. It's, mm-hmm. it's gone around to some film festivals. Mm-hmm. And... And I think that's a testament to someone who's doing it. And you know what? Um, I think if you and I spoke more candidly, you would tell me some things about uh, beside myself that you didn't go perfectly or that you could improve on. Oh, absolutely. I hate watching it. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten to the point. I've seen it so many times just from editing and like just so many versions. I'm like, oh, man. I'm glad everyone else is liking it because this is torture for me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, I enjoyed watching it, but it's like Thank your you. your next project, I'm assuming, is going to be a little bit better. Yeah, uh, we actually shot that in December. Um, well, then I'm because hoping it is a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working on that now. I'm hoping is I'm it's the same. Pretty much everything I make, I'm like, oh, I hate it, and then I watch someone else watch it, and they're like, I really like it. I'm like, then I like it now. like good your opinions are easily swayed my friend oh yeah well it's because i'm so close to the not only the material but comedy especially when you work on a joke for so long you forget why you were so excited to do it in the first place because it's no longer funny to you you've heard it a million times um like i'll write something and be like this is going to be the funniest thing and by the time we actually get to not only writing the script through all the drafts filming it through all the takes editing it down through all the versions uh it's just to me it's normal dialogue and it takes for me to see someone else react to it to be like oh yes that was something i was really excited about and thank goodness it worked well excellent and i think that's you know i think if i don't think that's unusual it's like if i'm watching a movie over and over and over again some of the jokes get stale Yes. With the exception of the Lego movie. Oh, the Lego movie is great. Uh, Chris <laughs> Miller and Phil Lord, they're just – they're killing the game right now. They're just amazing. Not only are they really funny, but they keep changing up their own formula and doing it so well. I just – you hit on some people I really respect. <laughs> oh, dude, they're – well, 
I've, I've said this a few times. Uh, the Lego movie is one of three movies that I can turn on, sit down and watch all the way through and immediately watch it again. Oh, yes. In fact, I recently did that a couple months ago on a plane. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch the Lego movie play. That's over. I'm going to watch it again. It's such a great movie. And my, the guy I was traveling with wakes up. He sees me put on the Lego movie and he knows I'm obsessed with the Lego movie. He wakes up like two, three hours later and he's like, is this still on? And I'm like, no, I'm watching it again. <laughs> He's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I know, but I enjoy this movie. I'm an idiot who enjoys the Lego movie. See, when I really, really love a movie like that, usually what I'll do is I'll get the DVD, I'll watch it through once, watch it again with the commentary, and then watch it again without the commentary. Okay. So I, like, totally understand the movie at the third time. Oh. Just so I, like, oh, that's what they were talking about when they said that earlier in the blah, 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 blah. Okay. Like From a that. filmmaking standpoint, that's a that's a film nerdy thing to do. <laughs> well, I okay, so I remember back when DVDs existed, um, and you had all the special features and the audio commentary and stuff. I would watch everything, and the and the commentary and everything, just because I was like, oh, I bought this DVD. I need to get my full money's worth out of it. <laughs> that was my that, yep. was the, that was the only reason I would listen to commentary now, see oh, I was one of the few film nerds who was like I hope this DVD has commentary on it and I would check the back I'm like it does yes I'm gonna learn so much about this was even me in uh, like high school before I fully knew that that's the direction I was gonna go in uh, that was just something I was like I wanted to learn how to entertain people that's awesome that's really cool so you, you kind of talked about how this bug kind of hit you just when you were growing up and you were writing raps and then you were like, I just want to entertain people. I want to make, I don't know, maybe make people laugh. A lot of what you've said has been more comedy based than, uh -huh. than drama based. Maybe that's something you want to tackle later. I don't know. I don't know. Well, really. actually, interesting you should say that um, after releasing or showing beside myself, uh, well, two big things happened. The reason I got to make my second one is the uh, dean of my college again um, offered up the school to actually help me make my next project. Like this, they never did this before. It was actually during graduation. Like I got handed my diploma, went over to shake the dean's hand. He pulled me in and he goes, I want to help you make your next movie. And so I was like, all right, well, I sent him an email like the next week being like, okay, here's my idea for a movie. And that's another short film. And the reason uh, this next short film is uh, about a funeral, because after doing Beside Myself, like, I, I, I know I said I hate it. I do enjoy, like, watching it with people, and I do enjoy everyone's reactions, and I love how it's just a fun movie. Uh, this next one's about a funeral. It's still a comedy, but uh, more of a serious, down-to-earth comedy with some, like, sweet moments in it, because... Uh, after doing Beside Myself, a lot of the um, drama kids were like, uh, yeah, Jack's film was nice, but, you know, he's just doing silly jokes and whatnot. And I'm like, I bet I can do both. And we're doing test audience or test screenings right now, and we're getting people to laugh and cry. And I'm like, that's what we wanted. We wanted to hit the cliche. So that goes into what you're saying about the comedy switching to drama. I don't know. I'm, I like doing comedy mostly, though. I think – Everything I do, for the most part, will have a big center in comedy. But I tried something different out of my comfort zone for my second one. 
That's awesome. And I got to applaud you for taking that leap and just, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. A lot of people struggle with that. So that's really cool. Oh, I'm so scared for festivals next <laughs> when we finally finish this and we submit it to festivals because uh, of beside myself, like all the festivals, like you come back next year. I'm like, yeah, and we want to see what you're doing next. I'm like, it's different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we have been getting like belly, similar belly laughs that we were getting with beside myself, which I'm very, very happy about. And then the tonal shift, it's uh, it happens. And I it's one of my favorite things of watching a movie with a crowd is you feel the crowd change. We and you can see like people like tearing up and stuff and i don't know it's something that i didn't think i would be able to do and i'm glad it happened also our main one of our actors uh was amazing he and i act in it and he just killed it so look forward to that <laughs> i what do you have a title for it yet or no uh good morning Sm- spelled with a u like morning oh, okay. a dead person <laughs> <laughs> well, but it is a com- it is a comedy i'm gonna pro- it is a comedy <laughs> oh I, well okay so where are you in terms – I am I'm of the belief that comedy and to do comedy well is more difficult than doing drama well. Yes, 100% yes because working on this, uh, this film, we did the first cut um, uh, a while ago. I've been purposely – I've been busy unfortunately so I can't work on it as much as I would like to. But uh, we're going to finish it. Um, the first cut, pretty much all of the dramatic things, we got the first try. People are like, I really like that scene, that dramatic scene. And then the comedy scenes were all needed to be cut down. And okay. it's just because the timing of comedy, especially in film, is really, really difficult. It's so much faster than you think it would be. Whereas in uh, dramatic pieces, you can let things breathe and like the audience will go with it. Whereas comedy, you have to go kind of like keep them, keep the laughs going and keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. It's and, a really interesting thing. Well, yeah. And, and what, where, I, where I'm coming from is I also noticed that there are some universal truths that cause people to well up with emotion in, in dramas. You know, if you have yes. like heartbreak, um, animal death. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one know. in ours is loss of a friend and saying goodbye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think those are things that everyone can relate to, but in terms of comedy, there's everyone has different taste. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, you and- could, yeah, you could love, you know, you could love Dave Chappelle, but not really understand you know, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. So no, and it's, it's also, you have to find your own comic voice. Uh, for me in my films, I've realized my comic voice is uh, dark humor, but nice. Like I have a sweet, dark humor to it. Uh, because I'll, I've like, if you look at most of the jokes that I do, they're really messed up. If you just take <laughs> what the context of it is, but I, uh, there's a, I always surround it with like a sweetness or uh, kind of an innocence around it. And then so the audience doesn't even realize they just laughed about like a dead baby joke or something. <laughs> and, like, and they all laughed and no one was offended because of some like sweetness I sh- like sprinkled on top of it. Um, 
which is weird me dissecting my own films and stuff and going like, oh, that's what I do. Huh. <laughs> what do you know? Self-awareness, man, is is never <laughs> a bad thing. So let's talk a little bit about Beside Myself. Um, this, in your own words, what is it about? Uh, Beside Myself is uh, about a young man who is a little insecure and he wants to he's a science genius and he wants to win over the love of his life, but he thinks she's too good for him. So he's going to prove to her that he's amazing by using his science project to basically prove to her and the world that he's worth something. He's actually just worth something. And it ends up, he just keeps getting in his own way when he really should just ask this girl out and just go forward. It's more, it's a thing about self-esteem. Oh yeah. And also, you know, you don't need your accomplishments to to create the introduction. All you need to do is say, hi, I'm exactly. Jack, or hi, I'm Kenny. And the big thing, uh, if you watch the, the film, which you have, uh, the the girl is into him. And it's kind of like you just want him to, her, him to ask her out. But he just is so in his way, both figuratively and literally in the film, that he just... He misses out. Oh, did I? Did I spoil? Ah, it doesn't matter. Just watch the film. It's still funny. <laughs> uh, no, it, it is very funny. Where have you made it public yet or no? Is I haven't made it public yet. Um, I've been getting mixed signals on the whole festival circuit. We have a couple festivals coming up uh, that we uh, have been accepted into and a couple that we haven't heard back from but have gotten good inklings of. And it's a weird thing. Some people say you can put it online. Some people say you can't. I'm just being doing the safe thing and having it be private for a while, releasing it once we're totally done with festivals, which will be this summer. Uh, our last couple festivals are this summer, and then we're doing a wide release. What festivals do you know for sure you're doing right now? Uh, the festivals we've got coming up, uh, the Laugh or Die Festival, which is uh, in Illinois, is I think in the summer – and then we have, uh, in a couple weeks, uh, the New York Comedy Short Film Festival, which uh, is on May 21st. I don't know if that's going to be after or before this airs. but this w- that, that will have already passed. I'm and sorry. don't worry, guys. We killed it. We killed it there. Everyone loved the film there. It was great. <laughs> we also just got back from Seattle where we actually won the Audience Award for our category, which was really awesome. We were in the... National Film Festival for Talented Youth, and we won our audience award, which is huge. We were really excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was your was your category the youth, or was the film festival youth? The film festival was youth. It's actually a really awesome festival. Even if, uh, if you're not a, a youth, as uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny would say, uh, I would recommend it, checking it out. It's just a really fun festival. That was just awesome. Uh, and our category was actually sci-fi. So we were up against some very serious films. And then my film about cloning myself, uh, was up there and I was like, Hey, (laughs) this is a, this is a tonal change for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's, that's really great. Well, and, and your film was in the rom-com category at Hollywood comedy shorts, right? Oh, I think it was in the spoof category. It was in the spoof category. You are absolutely correct. I apologize. I mean, it, it could work in the rom-com category, though. It does, have a little, it does have a love theme. 
Yeah, there is there is a little bit of a love. Mm, yeah, I guess I can say triangle. Yeah, I would say a love triangle at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually – there was another festival, the Iron Mule Festival in New York, which we also won the audience award for at um, – where they showed a bunch of films and it turns out like they accidentally picked all films about love and we were just laughing about – that was just a fun thing that they accidentally did for the festival. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. funny. Yeah. Apparently that festival thought that there needed to be more love in the world. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? Let's do some films about love and Beside Myself was up there and – People, people seem to enjoy it. So that was we were that was the first one we went to, and we were really pumped about it. And and then of course uh, uh, we met at uh, the at the Chinese theater for the Hollywood Comedy Shorts Film Festival, which was great. God, that theater is so gorgeous. It's so I w- I didn't know it was going to be shown there until like they sent out the email, uh, and then I sent it to my producer, and then she went back. Do you see where it is? I'm like, no. Well, let me. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah, as it, a film nerd, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was right smack dab in the middle of Hollywood. It was. I love going down there, except when there's traffic. Ah, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> but fortunately, that was actually on Easter, so there was no traffic. Mm-hmm. It was uh-huh. a great way to spend Easter. <laughs> it was a great way to spend Easter, at least for this Jew. <laughs> um, no, so I just want to let everyone out there listening know that um, if there are dates and locations that they can see this film um, in their neighborhood, in their hometown, whatever, I will include all that stuff on the show notes page. So... Go out there, vote for Beside Myself, and and have a good time while you enjoy it. Please. Please. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when are you looking at the, the second one coming out? You said it's coming out. You're finishing it up, but do you yeah, not we, have a release date or a premiere date yet? Uh, we don't have a premiere date. Uh, we have a, essentially a close-to-picture-lock cut of the film right now. So we're looking for... You know, scoring it, coloring it, uh, doing post sound, and then we're going to submit it to festivals again, uh, just like we did with Beside Myself. Going to try and hit up the same ones we did before, just because so far we haven't had a bad experience at any of them. And they've been super, you know, just accepting and really just fun and awesome. And I want to build on those connections and what's not. So that's the plan right now. So it, it, it just festivals take forever. Uh, like we were done Beside Myself like uh, around this time last year and it took uh, I think we premiered January so a couple months ago oh wow yeah it takes a while yeah just to hear back from them all well you've you've got to have someone watching pretty much all of these films and even though they are short films some can be like a half hour 45 minutes oh yeah some very long films I've seen in festivals. I just want to be like, you guys should submit to a medium film. Yeah. <laughs> no, some of them were like pilots for uh, like an HBO show. I'm like, we're really stretching the whole short aspect of this. This is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Or some were like complete web series just yeah. shrunk down into like they were just remove the credits. Yep. Some of them, I'm also amazed just by the budgets they have for these short films. Like, 
I'm really impressed by some of the production value at all these. And I'm like, ah, ours was really, we didn't have any money for props. I went dumpster diving for it. Um, me and my dad actually did get kicked out of a bunch of uh, dump sites. We were looking <laughs> for props. It was, it was a great bonding experience. <laughs> that's, that's awesome when you can, you know, commit felony trespassing with your father. <laughs> yep, and we got yelled at by like foremans all the like a bunch of times, just like, "What do you think you're doing?" Well, we we didn't know. We we clearly knew. <laughs> we knew what we were doing, and it was not legal. But we got the film made. <laughs> so, um, if I can ask, and this is just kind of in the vein of, um, getting in people inspired that you don't need a huge big budget production to get started. It, it, you don't have to tell me what was the budget of beside myself. Oh, I can totally tell you. Um, uh, we really only, for the most part, only got to pay for um, transportation and food, as well as we had to do uh, festival stuff. But the actual film itself, for just making the production, um, was under two thousand dollars. Are you really? Yep. Uh, if anyone has seen the film, uh, we've got a lot of special effects in there, and I purposely did that um, because I know how to do some effects, and I knew that would help bring up the production value. Uh, so I was like, I can't afford to make a big film, but I can afford to spend my nights in a dark basement alone. And so that's essentially <laughs> what happened. Uh, that's dude. That's awesome. Like. And I know, I know probably to a lot of people that sounds like a lot of money, especially if like you're struggling to pay for, you know, a car payment or school yeah. payments or whatever. So two grand can be a lot, but in terms of film budgets, like. Yeah, it's, it's almost non-existent, uh, in terms of film budgets. Uh, and we had to crowdfund for that. So thank you to everyone who donated to the film. Uh, we actually raised more than it took for production, but that, uh, as for like hard drives and other things that we had to pay for just, you know, to get it out to everybody. Um, but yeah, it was really cheap film. That's awesome. I think the only movie I can even think of on that level is Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi. Mm. That that entire, it was the uh, prequel to Desperado with Antonio Panderas. With the guitar? with the guitar and Robert Rodriguez made the entire first movie for 15 grand that was made on rented equipment and funded by a 30 day. Uh, he donated his body to science for 30 days to get That's the money insane. to pay for it. Yeah. That well, for the, the last movie I had to get a crappy job at a movie theater but that is nothing compared to donating your body to science wow yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> what exactly they did but i i do know that i, I don't want to say it was just like a 30-day sleep study because that's lame um i think it was actually <laughs> like something kind of you're like wow that's dedication yeah well yeah you gotta make you, what it comes down to is if you just feel like you have to make it especially if you have people on board um I knew there was definitely times where I'm like, ah, is this even worth it? And because I had already people who had helped me work and helped me do this, I'm like, you know what? I have to because they, they worked on it. We have to finish it for everyone who helped out. And so, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so 
God, I think that's that's mostly all I have about beside myself, man, and what you got going on. Is there <laughs> anything I is there anything I miss? Anything I left out, or you just want to shoot the shit for a little bit? Um, yeah, I could just talk. Let's let's ah. shoot the shit. So, what is something that you're into that? Not oh wait, very- I oh. I forgot some one thing. Sorry. Oh. Oh. We are. We, we got a lot of people asking us uh, about Beside Myself after all the screenings uh, if we ever wanted to expand it. And I guess I'll just say we are working on a draft that is a feature um, length version or not a feature of the world of Beside Myself that uh, we are hoping eventually maybe one day to get made. So I guess I'll say that in case there's anyone with some money listening. that's awesome dude congratulations i really hope that works out as do i (laughs) and if there's anything i can do to help support that um i will i will be more than happy to tweet to have you back on to share kickstarter links whatever you need man Uh, dude thank you so much and you will regret that offer (laughs) because i will take it (laughs) uh i never offer unless i'm planning on following through so it's a good way to be yeah so what is one thing that you are into that not very many people would expect? That would not many people would expect. Huh. I can make balloon animals, but um, that's it's not awesome. exactly. <laughs> that's just where, like a hidden talent. <laughs> no, where did you where did you learn to do balloon animals? Uh, that was a Christmas gift one year. Uh, my father just gave me a balloon animal making kit, and he's like, "This seems like something weird you'd be into," and it was. And then I ended up making balloon animals for a while. That's <laughs> just, awesome. It would be like the just a fidgety thing to do while you're thinking about something else. Uh, nowadays, it's mainly just like going to the gym and like running. Then I just think about stuff over and over and over again. But back then, it was I'd do a balloon animal and be like, that's a funny joke. <laughs> um, so there's one time when I was walking through Penn State, uh, a college station. Mm-hmm. And me and a buddy had been out drinking. And so I have a deck of cards for some reason. And this really cute girl walks by. And I go, oh, would you like to see a magic trick? And her eyes light up. And she's like, yes, absolutely. I would love to see a magic <laughs> trick. And I'm like, holy shit, this did not go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> so I just, I was like, oh, well, do you know one? Because I don't. <laughs> And she got really, really disappointed. Aww. And so I'm just saying, if you are a single man, you should totally use that. Just to as, go out with my balloon animals like, hey, a, girl. As an opener, yeah. Just have be like, hey. You want a poodle? You want a, you want a balloon animal? <laughs> I can make you a crown if you want because you're my princess. Oh, <laughs> See, you're already so slick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Where are you going, girl? Please come back. Come back. (laughs) I'm just saying, if I was out and I saw a guy just, like, go up to a girl and start making her a balloon animal, like, totally nonchalantly at the bar, I'd be like, game recognizes game. (laughs) Just, like, a slight applaud or, like, the silent thumbs up, like, good job. Nice job, bro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, and then I wanted, and then I wanted to learn magic tricks so I could actually use that, and then I never followed through. See, but my I told, but I told everybody I was a magician. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and they believed you without being like, "Give me a magic trick, show me a magic trick." No, no, they didn't. Oh. 
Oh. See, I was going to say, I, I tell people I'm a comedian and they immediately go, tell us a joke. I'm like, that's eh, not it's, how it works. That's not, it's, that's weird. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> no, uh, well, no, it, it was a throwback to our earlier conversation about being a writer and not writing. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm a magician. I don't do magic, but, you know, I'm a magician. <laughs> see, one of, the, one of the best jokes I've heard recently was, um, why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the idiot's door. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. <laughs> it's all right. That got the laugh it deserved. I could totally no, hear. No. <laughs> even though this is a pre-recorded podcast, I can hear all the listeners just groan. Like, oh. <laughs> no, I, I do like that one, though. I like the two-parter ones. I know some really messed up ones that I can't say on on the air. <laughs> Dude, it's it's your podcast, man. We have the explicit rating on iTunes. So, oh, you, you are it. explicit. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, all right. Here's a messed up joke. Uh, why did Sally fall off the swing? I don't know. She had no arms or legs. Knock <laughs> knock. <laughs> uh, knock knock. There? Not Sally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like that kind of thing. Those, those are much better than mine. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know what? Jack, we've actually gone for almost an hour, my friend. Wow. Yeah. Killing it. <laughs> do, uh, in the interest of wrapping up, do you do you consider yourself a nerd at all? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, as my friends would say, I'm the example of someone who – or I'm the true proof that there's a difference between being popular and being cool. So I didn't know how to take that at the time, but I'll take it as a compliment now. <laughs> there you go, man. I dig it. I dig it. So uh, you mentioned sometimes you go for a run. In terms of current events, what did you do to work out nerd out this week? Work out nerd out? Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is one thing you did uh, working out wise and what is one thing you did to nerd out? Oh, well, working out wise, uh, I did chest uh, today after getting home from work. And I'm a little sore, and I can already feel like the when you can feel it's you're sore the day of, you know, you did a good job, and I can feel this is going to be a two day recovery on my chest. So I was excited. I'm excited about that. Nice. Uh, and for nerd out, I binge watched Iron Fist. I'm uh, sorry. I know. Wow. Um, that was a disappointing show. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening and being like, I should binge watch Iron Fist, you don't. You don't need to. Uh, just Google what happens and you'll be ready for defenders. Okay. Cause we, uh, Rachel Boland and I, she's, she's often my co-host on the podcast and <laughs> we just loathed Iron Fist. Like she didn't even finish it. I can see why. Cause I, I spent what, like 13 hours of my life watching it and I don't think anything happened. No, no, Danny Wind. Yeah, Danny Wind. But everyone says he's a good guy, so that I know he's a good guy. No. Uh. There, was, there was actually, a, I think it was like a BuzzFeed article that was like, nobody likes Danny Rand, not even the other defenders. <laughs> and it was like excerpts from the comics where people are just ripping on Danny Rand. Which is a shit. I thought they were going to have him be like the fun one. Like, because all the other defenders are really, like, 
solemn and whatever. And I thought we could have like the almost like the, you know, fun version of him. And he'd make the jokes and everything. And he didn't at all. <laughs> well, I think he's going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. I'm OK with it. Uh, you know, I, as a film person, I understand how difficult it is to make something. And there are, are moments of the show that I was like, that is legitimately impressive. Like and I understand the work that went into it. Um, it's just sometimes it doesn't work and this really didn't work. And I feel bad saying it, but yeah. <laughs> I Part of me even feels like they were rushed. I just feel that they were rushed on that. And and you know what? Lord Meacham is an American hero. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, it, he almost yeah. makes up for not having a dragon in the entire show. Just kidding. You need the dragon. He fights a dragon and you didn't show him fight a dragon. Like, mate. You know, it's it, what's sad is of the four other Netflix seasons, mm-hmm. uh, Daredevil 1 and 2, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, this was the most watched. Yeah, I heard that, and I don't understand why, because Daredevil and Jessica Jones were just mind... I The first season of Daredevil blew my mind, and then Jessica Jones was like, this is awesome, too. And Luke Cage was awesome, I like uh, for different reasons. There were some slower parts in that, but um, in this, ah, ah, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. We could go back and forth on this all day. <laughs> Let's nerd out now. <laughs> it, I, I feel this would be more of our nerd rage section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you nerd raging on? No. So, where can people find you? Um, social media wise on the, on, on the, on the tubes, on the tubes of the internet. Well, uh, I, I'm, I am going to post, uh, I'm working on an, anim- an animated web series, which will probably be out before, uh, the second short film we're doing. Oh, very um, cool. Oh, I thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, going to be interesting. That's going to be probably on my YouTube channel, which is just Jack McCafferty, uh, as well as not only the funding videos for the past projects, but I also have some short animated shorts that I've already done. Uh, so please check those out. Uh, Jack McCafferty, MCC, I'll, I'll send you the link. <laughs> It'll all be in the show notes, people. There's one that's really cute in case you're ever having a really rough day that is one of the cutest things I've ever done. And I will definitely send you that link. But yeah. Um, so awesome. check out animated series coming up there. Uh, send you over some of my pages for my films. And Instagram is sexy Jack McCafferty. Because why not? <laughs> because damn straight. Yep. You gotta <laughs> own that. I've been sexy Jack McCafferty since middle school, and that's not changing anytime soon, ladies. <laughs> uh, wait till you're older. <laughs> it gets harder, my friend. It gets harder. I've heard, but I don't believe it. It can't. It, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to, to wreck your dreams there, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm only 23. The world is my oyster. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> All right. And on that note, um, <laughs> that's that's actually a direct counter to the advice <laughs> the episode that launched today said. Her advice was, you're going to die. <laughs> So don't wait and do whatever it is you want to do. In my advice, you're going to live forever, but still do something. (laughs) Otherwise, it's boring. No, uh, the last question, man. What's uh, what parting advice? Is that it? Uh, Parting advice. Seriously, do something. If you're a writer, write. If you're a comedian, comedian. Um. (laughs) (laughs) 
If uh, you're an assassin, assassinate. Assassin. Just do it. Um, because you only get better by doing. If I actually showed you the first couple of things that I legitimately worked on to be funny, it would blow your minds how bad they are as compared to even where I'm still learning now. And people watch my. It's clearly amateur. Like not. I don't want to say amateur. Uh, but I'm still learning, getting better, going through the process. Uh, but my early stuff was absolute garbage. So go out, make some garbage, and then finally make something good. And then you'll get to be on people's podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a people. Yeah. See? Um, <laughs> and you know what? If I, I got I to gotta echo those sentiments, man. Because it's like if people took a listen at some of my first – podcast recordings stuff that i haven't even aired yep like it's it's ridiculous if you to to first succeed at something you have to fail at it you have to suck at it and that's like not even an option even the people who are overnight successes they failed but they just hid where their failures like oh no one gets away unscathed without the night of sitting in your room going what am i doing well, but then the next the, morning you have to go and do it again. Well, yeah, it's you work ten years to become an overnight success. Yep. So I, I think the one person who that was attributed to most recently in my recollection is Kevin Hart. Yes. Like, oh, I, I recently worked on his movie. Really? Yeah, I was the casting assistant on a movie he was in. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. He's a he's a nice guy. He Are doesn't remember me at all, but. I met him huh. once. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I've, I've, I've said that to people. I've, I've met some people and I'm like, look, you meet a million of me and I only get to meet the one of you. So I remember you. I don't expect you to remember me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, at least when it yeah. comes to. I'll like, remember you, Kevin. Kenny. Well, and I'm going to remember you, too. <laughs> but I was talking more along oh, to Kevin, the Kevin Hart. Hart's of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> although I'm I'm never offe- I'm never. I thought you were like dooming me to forget you. Like <laughs> no, no, no. Although no, I remember me, I am never offended if I meet somebody and I remember them and they don't remember me because I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like if you and I, if you and I, if you're out back in LA or if I'm ever in Philadelphia and like we make plans to meet up and we don't instantly recognize each other. Mm-hmm. Or you don't instantly recognize me. I'm not gonna be offended because I'm like, yeah, we had a one-hour conversation and then a 15-minute conversation, mm-hmm. like six months apart. Yeah, like it's it's not something that I'm like. That's a good way to be in life. Yeah. Why 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 be upset about that? That's just gonna sour the rest of the relationship, and then they're gonna try to forget you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll or, remember you and be like, he's a dick. Yeah. Who wants to be remembered like that? Exactly. And on that note, I think we're going to leave it there. Jack, thank you so much, man, for hanging out with me tonight. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was fun. Excellent. Excellent. Come back anytime. Uh, If you got anything else to promote or just want to come on and, you know, shoot the shit. I'd absolutely be happy to. Excellent. And we're going to leave it there. Dragons, thanks again for listening. 
Um, there's something I need to start saying in my podcast, and that this is Dumbo's Dragons Podcast. We are a part of the Almost Better Network, and we are powered by Pinecast. Workout nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.